Hi, and welcome to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This first season is all about classroom management strategies, about how to gain and keep your students' attention and minimize problems so you can focus on what really matters, teaching and making a difference. Last week, we talked about a common problem, and that is students who are complaining, back-talking, and arguing. And that's a perfect segue into this week's episode, which is all about that student that's driving you crazy. You know, the one who's arguing with you, the one who's always challenging you, causing disruptions, and let's be honest, the one that you're secretly uh, kind of glad when they happen to be absent. We've all had that student, and chances are there's at least one, if not more, in your class right now. But here's the thing. We just always seem to be blessed with one of these students. They try our patience and get on our last nerve. But you notice I just said blessed. And I'm actually not using that sarcastically. I actually believe these students can turn out to be a huge blessing, even though it's in disguise at first. You know, often those students who start as our biggest frustrations turn out to be just that, our greatest blessings. I'm going to tell you that story in just a little bit of a student that had that complete turnaround in my life. But first, I want to talk to you about some strategies you can use for that student who's currently driving you crazy. Here's the thing. When you have a student that's driving you nuts, sometimes we want to just build up walls of defense all around us to just kind of avoid the confrontation as much as possible. But instead, there's some much better things that we can do. Number one, when you have a student that's driving you crazy, you need to love them. Now, we all know we're supposed to love our students, but sometimes it's just not that easy. Here's the key, though. We need to remember that love is a choice, and true love is given even when it's not deserved. You know, God loves us, and we are completely undeserving. And so we need to have that type of love, God's love for these students. And just remember that. It's unconditional. It's not deserved. That's why it's true love. So number one, love them despite everything. Number two, pray for that student. This should do two things. Obviously, you're going to be praying that God will work in their heart and change them. And God is going to hear those prayers. But you know what else is amazing about prayer is that God uses prayer to change not just the person we're praying for, but to also change us. And when we pray for a particular student, you'll find that God would give you a love that you didn't think that you could ever have, that he'll give you wisdom for what to do, and he'll just change your heart towards that student. So number one, love them. Number two, pray for them. Number three, pour into them. So these students that are particularly challenging, they're the ones you want to invest more time into. You want to be intentional about showing them that you care. You know, in the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey gives a metaphor of an emotional bank account. So he says, um, I've, we've talked about this before, but basically the concept is that you have to, if you, each student has, or each person really, has this emotional bank account. 
And when you invest in them and show them that you care, you're making deposits. Now, when you have to correct or discipline, that's a withdrawal. And so with these students that we are constantly having trouble with, we're making a lot of withdrawals out of that bank account. So if we're not depositing into it, we're bouncing checks left and right. You know, there is just nothing there. So we have to be really intentional about depositing as much as we can into them so that there's some rapport built up when we do need to discipline them. So we should be encouraging them, complimenting them, taking an interest in their life, and showing them we care as much as we can. Number three, pour into them. Number four, find out more about them. So um, talk to their former teachers. Talk to their parents. Try to discover what makes them tick. Is there a particular challenge they're facing at home that you might not know about? Um, What do they enjoy? Um, Ask other teachers what helped them in your class, what helps them succeed, and incorporate all those things together. The next thing you can do, number five, is talk to them. Talk to them as much as possible and not just about their own behavior or about their attitudes, although you should talk to them about that as well. Also, try to talk about just simply things that they're interested in. Um, Try to do more listening than talking. They probably don't need another lecture. You're probably giving them enough of those. So try to um, just listen to what they're saying and just talk to them about things that they're interested in. You know, there's a really interesting article. I'll link to it at um, teachfortheheart.com slash podcast nine. I'll link it in the notes. Um, It's from the Cornerstone for Teachers with my friend Angela Watson, and she talks about this strategy called the two by 10 strategy. And here's what it is. It says, if you have a really challenging student, set aside two minutes a day, that's where the two comes in, for 10 days, two by 10. So for two minutes a day, 10 days in a row, simply talk to that student about anything except school. Just show that interest in them. And it was amazing to see how many teachers were commenting on that post and just saying how amazingly well this strategy worked for them. So by all means, take that time, try it out, and just talk and show interest in them. Number one was love them. Number two, pray for them. Three, pour into them. Four, find out more about them. Five, talk to them. Number six, speak to their heart. You know, You don't always just get on them. You shouldn't, rather, just get on them for their behavior. As we talked about before, back in Episode 7, you need to really try to get to the root of the problem and speak to their heart. So, um, you know, when you are having those conversations with them about particular discipline problems, um, take the time to really try to understand the root issue try to understand where they're coming from and help them deal with the root issue, not just the surface manifestation um, that you see in your classroom. Tip number seven is to seek advice. If you're at your wit's end and you don't know what to do, seek advice from a fellow teacher, an administrator, or you can, if you're not a part of it, you can join our Christian Teachers Lounge discussion group on Facebook. Um, Just find some other teachers that you can connect with and ask advice. A fresh perspective can often be just what you need. Number eight is be consistent. Now, I know this one's hard. Believe me, I have trouble with this one too. But you have to really do all you can to be consistent with these students. Don't lower your standards or let them get away with misbehavior. Be consistent in your expectations and follow through. Show them you care 
each step of the way. Now, there may be some very real instances where you've decided with this student there are certain things that you are not going to deal with and that's an intentional choice. That's fine. But I'm saying um, be consistent in the things that you are working on with this student. Be consistent because the more consistent you are, the quicker you'll see real progress. Finally, tip number nine is to be patient. You know, sometimes we forget that growth takes time. Our students are works in progress, and we shouldn't give up on them. Often we kind of want to think that, okay, I'm working on this student. I want to see results, you know, today or, you know, next week at the latest. But sometimes this process takes months. And to be honest, sometimes it even takes years. But this growth will the the growth will happen the 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 work you're putting in will make a difference in their lives whether you see it or not um i remember when i was first teaching i remember thinking you know i don't have any of these stories of students that you know have made these big turnarounds and i've seen these big results and then as i was teaching for a few more years i realized that's because of this concept it takes time Sometimes we don't even see the results even in a whole year of teaching. Sometimes that next teacher um, down the road is the one that actually sees the results. You know, I had one student, um, it was my second year of teaching. She was a sixth grader. And um, she was definitely one of these students. She, it was, I won't go into too many of the details, but there was just, she did not like me. I remember she would purposefully like run into me, like just run into me full force and then like keep going. And, you know, I'd try to get her, you know, I, I, whenever I would try to talk to her, she would literally just walk away from me, just like run away. All kinds of things. I could tell you a million stories. Um, but it was just definitely one of those students. I just didn't know what to do with her. It was really, really frustrating. And honestly, the whole sixth grade year that we were together, we just didn't make much progress. Um, it just didn't go that well. So I had this, I taught at a school where I had, I taught 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. So it was the first day of school the next year, and I knew this student was going to be here. We'll call her Cassie. And so I um, went up to Cassie and said, hi, Cassie, do you have a good summer? And I remember she turned around and just ran away from me. And I was just like, are you serious? Like day one, we're already back to this. <laughs> and I was, I was a little bit discouraged, but I determined, you know what, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to continue to show the student that I care. I'm going to be as consistent as I can. I'm not going to, you know, and I'm just, I'm not going to engage um, in an argument with her. I'm just going to be consistent and um, let's see what happens. And it was really interesting because I can't even pinpoint any particular moment where things just changed all of a sudden. There was no sudden breakthrough. It was a gradual transformation. Gradually, I just noticed I haven't had as many problems with Cassie lately. And then um, suddenly I realized, you know, I really haven't had a problem in a while. And then one day Cassie stopped by to say hi. And it was really funny because by the end of that year, um, she was a great student. She was, I wasn't really having any issues at all. The story would be great enough if it ended there, but thankfully I had her again as an eighth grader. And by her eighth grade year, she was stopping by all the time. She said I was her favorite teacher, although, you know, she probably had many favorite teachers, but she came, she would love to talk to me, she stopped by at lunch, she stopped by after school, she helped me out all the time, and she was honestly a true joy and blessing to teach. And um, 
we were talking one day and this just, this just shocked me. And she said, do you remember in sixth grade? And she mentioned some of the things that she had done in sixth grade. And she was like, I can't believe I did that. That was so, uh, you know, I was such an idiot. I was so immature. And I just remember sitting there thinking, wow, what an incredible transformation. And um, I haven't seen this, I, I see this student every now and then, but I haven't taught her for quite a few years. And um the last two years, I got a Christmas card from her in the mail. She 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 sought out my address, sent me a Christmas card, and it just means so much to me. Um, when I think of my students, she's definitely one of the ones that brings one of the biggest smiles to my face. So I tell you that story just to encourage you. This was that student in my classroom, for sure. Um but she turned around and became a great blessing. And the same thing, I'm not saying the same thing's going to happen with all your troublesome students. It didn't happen with all of them. But it might. So be encouraged. That transformation literally took years. Um, I didn't see results right away. So keep keep going. Keep loving these students. Praying for them. Caring about them. And be patient. You will um, you will hopefully, I was going to say you will see results. You actually might not see the results anytime in the near future, but you are making a difference in their lives. And maybe one day you'll be able to see the results. Well, I hope this episode has been an encouragement to you. Uh, if you'd like to see the notes and links that I mentioned, you, you can go to teachfortheheart.com slash podcast nine. And as always, if you've enjoyed this um, podcast, it can, you can do a great help by leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Um, this helps other people to find the podcast and helps us to spread our reach. Next week, we are going to be talking about an important topic, which is how to prevent discipline problems from taking place in the first place. So I hope you'll join us next week. In the meantime, if you'd like more classroom management tips, you can get my free mini course at teachfortheheart.com slash mini course. Looking forward to seeing you next week. In the meantime, keep learning, keep striving. You really are making a difference.